All our lives, we're programmed from buying into other people's beliefs and limiting views of the world, and then we make them our own truths. Extraordinary Life Podcast is here to offer new perspectives that serve you and obliterate the ones that don't. Are you going to let other people's limits hold you back from your extraordinary life? Hey, Jennifer Merrifield here. Welcome to my first episode of Extraordinary Life. So if I asked you the question, what do you want? I mean, what do you truly want? And don't start analyzing and worrying about whether it could happen or not. With no doubts or limits, what would you want? The problem is that we do have doubts, right? We, we do have doubts and fears and things that uh, make us worry about whether or not that could even be possible for us. And that's what holds us back. But where do these doubts and limits come from? I'll tell you where they come from. They come from our past conditioning and programming from other people. So we go around in our lives and we uh, experience new things, we learn new things, we hear perspectives and opinions from other people. Some of them are great and a lot of them are not great. A lot of them are limiting and we buy into them and we buy into them repeatedly throughout our entire lives and and keep making them our own truths. But here's the thing, where do these people that we're buying into their unsupportive truths, where are they getting their beliefs and truths from? Other people. And so if you think it just keeps going on and on like that, what actually is truth anyway? You know, whose truth is the correct truth and what truth is is your truth and their truth? And I'll say that, you know, truth is what we repeatedly focus on and what we use to guide us when we make our choices and take actions in our own lives. Because I believe there are many truths and, you know, you could choose one thing in the world and no no two people are going to have the exact same truth about it because we're all coming from a different perspective. We're coming from our own Uh, life experience and the wisdom and the learnings that we have. And it's going to look a little differently from person to person and sometimes a lot differently. So what happens when we have limiting beliefs that we continue to buy into throughout our entire lives? What happens is that we we end up staying in our comfort zones. We stay in this place that we know what to expect. You know, there's there are things that we want in life, things that we, you know, desire and dream about, but we convince ourselves that we can't have them. And so if there have been times that we've tried to make efforts to get something or to be somewhere and then we get shot down in some way either by our own beliefs or by something someone else says, we start to find comfort in the comfort zone. We start to find that familiarity that is safer than taking chances of potentially being ridiculed or criticized or judged unfavorably in some way. But here's the thing you got to remember. Comfort zones are the place of regret. Don't let yourself get to that place. The way to get out of our own comfort zones is by seeing the limiting beliefs and shoulds and the mindset that we've created for ourselves. We need to be able to see it in order to change it. The thing is, it's a lot easier to see somebody else's, well, really everybody else's limits and problems and where they should change because we're looking from the outside in. 
you know, from the inside of our own selves, there's all the emotion and the, the attachment and the fears that go along with these not so great behaviors that we choose, not so great beliefs that we follow and things like that. So it's a lot harder to make those changes or to even see that we have a problem. Um, but it's a lot easier to see other people's. The thing is when we do start to recognize the things in ourselves that are holding us back or that are just really not serving us, it stings. But I want to say that that sting is really important. And I'll talk a little bit more about the sting later. Um, Limiting beliefs and shoulds keep us stuck. We just cannot move forward if we keep buying into them. But, you know, not all beliefs and shoulds are created equally. Some of them certainly serve us and help us get what we want in life. But there are so many unsupportive ones that we've been obliviously dragging around and repeatedly buying into throughout our entire lives. So guess what the acronym is for beliefs and shoulds? BS, kind of perfect, right? Because unsupportive beliefs and shoulds are exactly that, bullshit. And we need to call BS on everything. We need to examine these so-called truths truths that we have and see which ones are serving us and the ones that are not, we need to either get rid of them or change them. What I can tell you without a doubt from the way I see it is that there is no one truth There is no impossible and there are no bad people. We're all good people occasionally making not so great choices and negative judgments. And that's all coming from a lifetime of unsupportive beliefs and shoulds. But here's the thing, we get to change our mind anytime. And really that's what it comes down to changing our mind. And I'll talk a little bit more uh, about how that, how we can do that, but we need to come from a new perspective. Think about your right now perspective. How does it hold you back and what limits do you have? Because that's the kind of stuff that make up your comfort zone. Um, it's the stuff that we use to stay in our comfort zone and, and then we justify staying there by blaming external things, judging and complaining. Uh, you know, we put a lot of, um, criticism on other people. You know, I, I didn't get to the gym because my alarm didn't go off or I had to stay up so late last night helping someone with this thing. I was too tired. I... My boss is mean and that's why I don't have the promotion that I deserve. The transit was slow and that's why I'm late. We, we, we start to see external factors as the reason for why we don't have what we want in our life. But here's the thing. Take someone who has six-pack abs. They didn't, they didn't allow any of the external factors to stop them from reaching their goal and getting to the gym day in and day out in order to make that happen, their their desire to have to be fit and healthy and to have that kind of body. When we constantly uh, put our focus on external factors to uh, as blame and, and judgment for why our life isn't the way we want it, we start to even more so 
take the opinions and the beliefs of externally other people to become our truths. And that that's a really dangerous place to be in as far as mindset, because you start to not really know what you actually think, because you're always uh, judging your thoughts against what someone else has to say, uh, and what someone else believes and what what you know social media people look like uh yeah we all know that is not a healthy place to judge uh you know our self-worth by scrolling through those kinds of of pages right so remember comfort zones are the place of regret and let that be something that will allow you to start facing the discomforts the things that you don't really like so much but so here's what happens When we start getting that urge to be done with this life of mediocrity, we get this little surge of energy and we want to go and do things. And often say, say, uh, we'll use the gym example again, say it's going to the gym. We get up and we go and for a couple of weeks or, you know, some people a few days, you know, we really do it and we're motivated and it feels great. But there's a point that we get to where, it becomes difficult and the discomforts get a little heavier and we're in this new place that we haven't been before with new discomforts and there's this tendency, this this urge to go back to the comfort zone because it's what we know, it's our programming, it's what we've done repeatedly for our entire lives around this certain subject. And so that pull is really strong when we're feeling weak, when we're, when we're tired or when we're uh, hungry or anxious or angry or frustrated or, or just if it's the unknown and we're not ready for it. So it's sort of like... Um, we get that sting of maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I can't do this. Uh, You know, maybe I am not worthy. And that sting is the thing that makes us usually like drop everything and run back to our comfort zone. And here's what I want to say. Stay in the sting for a little while because the longer you stay there and face it and shine a big light of awareness on it. Okay, what's going on here? Okay, I'm not I'm not backing down until I understand this sting. And the longer you stay there and the more you see this sting for what it is, it starts to shrink. And that's the coolest freaking thing because then you get this new surge of energy to go forward again and you now have created a new normal and that's how new habits start that's how you know building momentum starts in a direction that you really want to be in it's like if you think of your comfort zone as like a a pool like a, a swimming pool and you're standing on the edge of it and you're just sort of walking around the perimeter very carefully because you're you see you see your comfort zone it's easy you know it's there even though you don't like your long-term results you know what to expect there you it's you know it's become your safety place but on the other side of it you can't really see what's out there and you don't really know what to expect but you know the things you want are out there somewhere so you're kind of just cautiously walking along the edge of there Um, And when the sting comes up, like I said, it's not a time to stay in the sting in the sense of feeling guilt and shame and, you know, some type of embarrassment about yourself. If you, if those things come up, be gentle with yourself 
and say, no, 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 cancel on the trying to make myself feel bad and instead go to, how can I just get some self-clarity? Just see it as clarity. So if some, if a feeling of embarrassment comes up for not having done this before, notice it. Be like, okay, cool. So the only way that's going to change is if I don't go back to that again. Okay, bring it on, Sting. What's next? What else have you got for me? Shame? Okay, bring on the shame. Let's face that. And just keep going through so that you see it from clarity rather than self-judgment. And next thing you know, you have taken a leap off that edge and you are so done with that comfort zone. And your new comfort zone is a really great place to be. It becomes your new normal. And those things that were discomforts before are just not uncomfortable anymore because now you now you've expanded and that's I mean think there's got to be something that you can come up with right now in your life that you got past something that you were afraid to do or unwilling or just not open or you just were not in a place to go forward but you did and how great did you feel and you can do that with anything in your life I'm telling you that's when the momentum of extraordinary begins so what even is extraordinary I um I saw this post the other day on social media, I forget which one it was, and this woman wrote, you know, I wish people would just stop uh, talking about extraordinary. Why can't we all just be ordinary and then be happy with it? (laughs) And I thought, oh, she's probably not a really happy person because, I mean, think about this. So the dictionary definition of ordinary is common, standard, nothing, uh, sorry, no special features and not interesting. So what kind of life does that paint a picture of for you? Does that sound like happiness, common, standard, no special features, not interesting? Does that sound fun? Does that sound, you know, meh, that's kind of what I get, just meh, it's, it's all right, it's mediocre. But that sounds a lot to me like a big pool of comfort zone of I'm just going to settle. So whereas the dictionary definition of extraordinary is going beyond what is usual, regular, or customary. I love this definition because it doesn't say how much beyond usual, regular, or customary extraordinary is. It's just any amount. So you can have, you know, an ordinary standard cup of coffee. And if you pour that into like a cup you love, it is now an extraordinary cup of coffee, right? Doesn't that just make you want to smile? You can take anything in your day, in your life, and make it extraordinary with very little effort. All you got to ask yourself is, what would make this a little more fun? What would make me feel a little happier? What would make this better and more joyful? And if that's what you're searching for in your days, you're, you're going to start falling out of your comfort zone without even trying because now you're not focusing on and looking for, you know, problems and challenges and what might be out to get you. You'll be looking for um, beautiful things, wonderful things, fun things. Because, you know, a lot of people will say extraordinary uh, refers to 
you know, the big things in life, like a new baby or getting married or buying your first house, these big giant things. But I mean, isn't extraordinary, like getting a front row parking spot at Costco, (laughs) you know, isn't extraordinary, like, you know, getting a free roll up the rim for us Canadians at Tim Hortons, getting a free coffee or, you know, just those little things that's extra ordinary. And those little things can really create a momentum of happiness uh, that starts to really build and keep us on track to getting more and more of the things that we love in life. And, and it starts to obliterate and erase the things that limit us and hold us back. So there are two things that I want to say are kind of like magic when it comes to creating extraordinary and really, uh, I, let me say again, creating an extraordinary life. And they are gratitude and self-love. Let me first say a little sidebar on gratitude. Um, I don't want to get into semantics here. Uh, there's a little buzz going around sometimes where people say, no, 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 gratitude's not a cool thing to say anymore. You have to say appreciation. Uh, and then they'll get into a, a, a great reason why, and it makes sense. The other thing, it's kind of like exactly what we're talking about here today, though. If my truth is a good truth, that gratitude is a really positive word for me, then I'm going to keep that. Then I'm, I'm good with that. If, if it's not, if it's not serving me, then absolutely obliterate it, be done, pick a new word. I actually really like both words, gratitude and appreciation. But I'll tell you why I'm using gratitude in this one situation a bunch of years ago, many, many years ago, I used to draw a, um, with a Sharpie on my hand on, uh, like the like thumb slash wrist area of my hand, I would draw a little heart. And it was because I had just learned this concept about gratitude that when you feel gratitude, you can't feel negative at the same time. And it was such a profound um, little epiphany for me that I wanted to be able to remember that because I found that during the times that I was not feeling so happy, um, I didn't remember it until later. And so I would draw this little heart Sharpie. Actually, I used to, I think I started off drawing the letter G and then that just switched to a heart because gratitude and self-love, which I'll talk about in a second. But so with the, uh, I found it especially useful on that part of my hand when I was driving because that was the place that I would trigger the most where people would cut me off or I would feel like they were intentionally cutting me off. Um, And then I would spot that little heart and I would think, okay, what can I be grateful for right now? And it was tricky at first, but I got to a place where I could think, you know what? I'm grateful that I'm not as stressed as that person. I'm grateful that I don't have to go to the bathroom as bad as that person looks like they have to go. Um, You know, I try to throw some humor in it, you know, and even if I was stuck in like downtown Toronto traffic with my manual car, um, manual transmission car, um, I would find ways to be grateful. I'm grateful that I have a really wicked podcast, or sorry, podcast, listen to me, a really, that too, a really wicked um, playlist that I can listen to. And I have time for myself to choose. I mean, alone in my car, I don't have to share the radio with someone or I get to, you know, notice other people. And I mean, I'm, I totally love communications and human interactions and behaviors. And so that was, it was a great place to notice 
people to be observant of that. So I always found, anyway, eventually, many years later, um, which was just a couple years ago, my daughters took me for Mother's Day to get my heart tattooed onto my hand. Cause, and I said, well, you know, like tattoo ink, isn't that, um, you know, really toxic? They're like, mom, you've been putting Sharpie marker on your hand every day for over a decade. I think it's not going to be as bad. So anyway, it is now a permanent fixture and I love it so much. So gratitude is about finding the beauty in any situation. It's about looking for something to appreciate, there's the other fabulous word, in any situation, especially if it's not a great one, because like I said, you can't, you can't feel gratitude and feel bad at the exact same moment. It's impossible. I mean, go ahead and try it. It's a fun experiment because then it forces you to use, to have some gratitude. And that's the thing. It's that momentum building of gratitude that creates the second part piece of magic here, which is the self-love. When you start to find yourself searching for things to be grateful for, you it starts to rub off on how you feel about yourself. And I think if we could all have massive amounts of self-love, all these doubts and all these unsupportive truths and limiting beliefs would just disappear. It's the foundation to creating the momentum to having the extraordinary life is the self-love part of it. So that's pretty much how those two go together. Gratitude and self-love are, they're just like, it's magic. I'm telling you, when you put those into practice every day of your life, you start to really, uh, when you open your eyes in the morning or even when you wake up, you know that little moment before you open your eyes, but you're starting to wake up. If you can go through, what am I grateful for and what do I love about myself? It's just such, uh, it's just such a great way to start the day coming from that perspective rather than thinking about all the things you have to do and should do and need to do to appease other people. Uh, and that's where the, the momentum of the new normal starts of extra, <laughs> of extraordinary. Okay, so I want to end with a little story uh, that I think very eloquently and very simply wraps up, you know, the essence of this entire podcast and what I'm talking about here. And it goes back, I was probably seven or eight years old back then, and I was... I used to go to my grandmother's house for lunch, my brothers and I did, and this one particular day, it was raining, and this boy who had a crush on me, why do boys do weird things um, when they're little to girls, when they have crushes on them? He put a worm in my hair. I had really long hair, um, really long hair, and he put this, you know, giant worm from the ground into it, and let me tell you, that, how do I say this? (laughs) worms do not leave your hair the way they go in your hair especially when your hair is wet so I'm trying to get this worm out of my hair it's really disgusting I'm walking to my grandmother's it's raining I'm cold and I get there and I I just used to love spending time with my grandmother because she was just such a fascinating woman and um, just so loving So I get there and of course, and then my brothers are watching cartoons and I used to always go into the kitchen with her and listen to her, her, listen to her views of the world and um, 
you know, great stories and things like that. And she was always so interested in what I had to say. And so she knew she could tell I was not pleased about this worm. So she made me my favorite lunch. Lunch was wonderful. I was still not happy. And so my grandmother, as as I'm eating, like she actually took the worm out of my hair while I'm, while I was eating. She just was such a sweetheart. So she takes me to the window, this bay window, and she puts her arm around me. And she said, what do you see? And let me just first say that. Imagine a woman who who is the epitome of grace and integrity. Not just she chose to live with grace and integrity, she just was grace and integrity. She couldn't not be. She was so lovely. She didn't raise her voice, not that she had a reason to. She didn't lecture me. She just held a space of acceptance for the fact that I was not feeling good about this thing happening. And she was there to hear me and to offer some wisdom in such a beautiful way and it has stayed with me for life. So here's what happens. She says, what do you see? And in just such a lovely calm voice. And I was not grace and integrity at that time. Because I was like, I see rain and dark and wet and I don't like it. And I was grumpy. And she said, and you know, very gently again, um, what do you see that's beautiful? And I was like, are you kidding? There's nothing beautiful today. And she said, close your eyes. And so I closed my eyes and she said, now what do you see? And I was like, oh, come on. I, how can I see anything when my eyes are closed? And here's, here's the, the, the nugget of wisdom here is she said, look with your heart, not with your eyes. Let that absorb for a minute. That has been so unbelievably profound in my life. Now, at the time, I was a kid, so it didn't, you know, I didn't really get it completely, but I got that tingle. Like, I knew, don't forget this. This will be something, this will be something you carry through life. And in some of, like, the most traumatic times I've had in my life, to remember that little bit of wisdom of, you know, how can I look with my heart right now and find the beauty in this not-so-beautiful situation? And there is always always something beautiful and something good to be seen from any situation. If we look for it, if we open our hearts and we're willing to, it's there to be seen. And that's coming from love and gratitude, self-love and gratitude. And what does that give us? Extraordinary, extraordinary. So I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you in the very beginning. What do you want? What do you truly want in your life? What are those desires that you have that you tell yourself you can't achieve or aren't for you when you're stuck in your comfort zone? And what do you know now that you have to do or that you want to do or that you get to do to obliterate those limiting and unsupportive beliefs and shoulds and shouldn'ts and all those things that don't serve you so that you can have more extraordinary in your life? I believe in you. Thanks so much for listening. If you found value, then please write me a comment or give me a like, a follow, or a share. And until next time, this is Jennifer Merrifield, personal excellence mentor and coach, wishing you an extraordinary day.